this is The Hard Truth of Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour, Never Settle. We're on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on the America Out Loud Podcast Network. Check us out. Project Sentinel, ProjectSentinel.com, London Center for Policy Research, LondonCenter.org, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, etc., etc., etc. We're here uh, to provide you the best possible information that will affect your life. And we have a great guest, one of our distinguished fellows today from uh, both centers, uh, Dr. Stephen Hatfield. Dr. Hatfield is a renowned uh, author, did uh, 30 Seconds to Midnight, a great book that outlined... uh, uh, Stephen, I hope you don't mind me don't, you don't mind me saying we talked about uh, this whole pandemic potential. What was it? Two years before yeah. it happened. Yeah, and uh, the audience. We went, remember, we went up to the Pentagon to talk yeah. to uh, North Cullum. We did. I forgot Their about senior that. scientist. So, 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 Stephen, and welcome to the Hard Truth. Where you're Thank back you, again, and uh, you were one of our first interviews, by the way. So here we are, all this time later, and still trying to get people to understand. So let's talk about that to begin with. Uh, you, uh, I, I didn't know you until our friend Chris Farrell over Judicial Watch introduced us. Yeah. We sat down in their conference room and you outlined what was going to happen. You didn't have a timeline per se, but you said these are the factors that we have to examine relating to early warning, uh, the potentiality of, of something happening somewhere or social media uh, a number of other observables are going to indicate something's happening. Yeah. Essentially, uh, global reconnaissance to try to understand. Yeah. And as you went through it, you, you also mentioned during that time that this was about to happen, that something was coming. Some These things were, were potential because so many uh, uh, areas of research were ongoing. And so you were, you were right. And again, I encourage people to pick up your book, 30 Seconds to, to Midnight, which time Three seconds until midnight. Three, three seconds, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, we're even closer to midnight than I expected. And, and so it's three seconds to midnight. And uh, I've given out copies of that to a number of our, our folks because it, it does actually give a, a great deal of detail of, of what's going on. And this is a very technical field. I'm not going to pretend I understand everything. Uh, so I'll leave it to you to kind of do a reintroduction of three seconds to midnight, and then we'll kind of jump off from there if that's okay. Sure. So go ahead. What? What? Tell us about what we would learn from three seconds to midnight, and then I'm going to put that in context of what we've had to face and what we're about to face again. What was apparent at the 2014 Ebola outbreak was that we had spent conservatively $17 billion on biological defense since 2000. And one, and we had nothing to show for it. We couldn't handle 11 Ebola patients wow. on U.S. soil. So I started a review looking for the National Pandemic Plan, and I, I found it. I thought, well, there must be a classified one. We all presume that when we find these things. <laughs> yeah, well, there wasn't. Yeah. But a couple really smart people uh, got together and came up with the concept of uh, social distancing based on what happened in the uh, 1918 influenza pandemic. Well, yeah, that's fine. That buys you a little bit of time. And we're not talking about lockdowns, okay? Lockdowns have never been, lockdowns are an invention of Chairman Z. So every time you see a lockdown, you can thank Chairman Z. (laughs) <laughs> because number one, they don't work. We've yeah. just had 
oh, about six months ago, a really exhaustive review by the Johns Hopkins. And they said that there was, you know, just like absolutely, I think it, it had like maybe saved 2% of cases. Yeah. That's, and of course, that's without early drug treatment. The concept and the original concept that came out in 2005 under the Bush administration was early drug treatment, social distancing, early drug treatment, meaning let's catch this thing when it's still an upper respiratory tract infection before it becomes more severe. You go in, you see your, your family practitioner, he gives you a, a prescription, you go down, you take the drug, you self-quarantine at home for four or five days. Uh, you know, don't kiss the kids or the wife or anything. And uh, go back to work. Stay away from work and go back when you're feeling better. Yeah. Simple. I mean, yeah. we've been doing it for years for right. minor colds and this and that. Right, exactly. We, uh, that was the plan, okay. Uh, HHS got a hold of this and really went into some detail about how we surged these medications out to the individual pharmacies throughout the country. There was always talk of a vaccine, but when you're dealing with what's called an RNA virus, ribonucleic acid virus, mm-hmm. which uses RNA, it's a, it's a molecule, it uses it as its blueprints. And when it replicates, it does a really bad job and it makes mistakes. So as the infection sweeps through a nation, you're getting all these variants. Right. And these variants will fight almost inside a host. Wow. As to who can replicate the fastest and who's the fittest and who can be transmitted the best. Yeah. So there's an ongoing like clonal evolution. You try bringing a, a, a vaccine in the middle of this once it's started, and you'll never catch up. Yeah. By the time you vaccinated the people, the virus has already changed. Well, we talked about this in our first couple of episodes yeah. uh, on our sister uh, outlet, which is yeah. um, the um, Thought to Action. So let's go through that because, um, geez, all this time later, it's like deja vu all over again, to, to quote a certain baseball coach yeah and they're they're talking about doing some of the same nonsense again now it's like well it, it, there was some suggestions <clears throat> a few months ago that they might have found what's called a conservative epitope yeah so let's talk about that yeah okay it's like imagine the genetic blueprint is just one long molecule mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay yeah and that tells the host cell that it invades infects how to make another copy of it. And what's in there are all the different proteins, viral proteins that have to be made. And then the thing self-assembles and it buds out of the cell. It may kill the cell as it doesn't. Yeah. All these daughter viruses, we call them quasi-species because they're all a little bit different. Trying to find for that moment in time, what is the fittest, most infectious offspring to the pandemic epidemic forward right right right. okay yeah so you can't vaccinate in the middle of these things if you've got a conserved part of that code that if it changes, it causes such disasters that the virus is not uh functional then that's something you can go towards making a vaccine for and which means you could make it up ahead of time and stockpile it so basically it it the the theory is 
yeah. simplifies this is that you you introduce into the this vaccine that actually completely disrupts the replication function of the virus essentially well if you have a conserved epitope what that means is that if it's a messenger rna vaccine which there is so much problems from this now chris right we haven't even seen the end of the trouble that this is no i want to talk about that a little bit here in a bit so yeah but um i get that i mean they should be banned well people are dropping over dead all the time and they're always trying to explain why it wasn't based on the virus although yes i mean it it's hard to explain how pirates pilots go into the bathroom and end up with a heart attack and, and dead in the middle of flight. And anyway, I'll, we'll get into this in a second. So, 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 so suffice it to say. Okay. So, if you have a conserved epitope, yeah, your body's going to make that protein. It's misfolded. Mm-hmm. Well, it 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 doesn't mutate that little segment of the code. It'll be the consistent from one daughter virus to another because. It can't if there's a mutation in this sequence of the blueprint it can't replicate yeah so this is the rumor that i've um, heard of that they did find a conservative epitope how good it will be how strong it will be at triggering the immune system uh, i don't know so that's the thing so let's go um I, I, the audio is terrible in this so we can't really use it but according to uh president joe biden i think you, you may have heard of him um he's now announced today in a very joe biden way that he's proposing to congress uh, a request for funding for a new vaccine that apparently according to him that is necessary that works that's a big word and tentatively but they've not decided on this uh tentatively recommended that it's good for everyone even those who have been vaccinated so does that sound like what you're talking about Stephen? is this is this yeah is... it it sounds like they may have found a conservative epitope so uh, two two questions on this first who's going to trust it at this point even if this is no good, one no one that's that's the beginning Look, of it how yeah. many when you tell a lie what are you known as for the rest of your life a liar but he could exactly lie yeah they lied to us initially right that this will stop you from catching COVID. You got the head, uh, Dr. Walensky. Yeah. When they suddenly decided to start mandating this, you can't mandate an experimental drug or vaccine. Well, I want to talk about that in a second, too. Yes, like, really? We have all we all became the experiments. We know. were phase three trials. Right. And, there, and the trials now, Chris Farrell and his bunch and uh, America's First Legal managed to get a hold of a whole bunch of documents. And these trials that both Moderna and Pfizer had done were uh, uh, never should have been accepted by the FDA. Well, that's so let's stop right there. Um, I uh, RFK Jr. had talked about meeting with Tony Fauci about the same time you were there with Peter Navarro. As a matter of fact, I went through security with RFK Jr. I didn't know what the meeting was. We talked. So I was there the day he was there. Yeah. And um you and I both know that Fauci lied, lied his ass off constantly. Sure. And and uh, you, that by the way, for the audience to know, Steve Steve is working on a book which is going to cover all this. Uh, is is it called the Poisonous Troll? Is that the name of it? The the doctor, <laughs> the doctor Fauci story? No, I'm just joking. Don't don't sue us over that because we we Tony Fauci, if you're listening, I don't necessarily know if you're poisonous. I'm just saying. So you know, we don't know that. That's that's not a fact. That's that's just assumed or presumed. So anyway, but back to the topic. Uh, Navarro, by the way, uh, in his book, calls out a lot of this. And yeah, he does. 
and and rightfully so. But the problem is this: uh, RFK did ask for essentially if, just for normal vaccines. Hey, can I have the certifications? To me, that's a reasonable request. Certifications, but so the these folks have not been doing good re- record keeping, even though these things are life and death mm-hmm. for a lot of things. So when it came to the mRNA vaccine, seems to me that they not only broke their own rules, they exposed and continue to expose individuals. By the way, I I don't, I I presume that all these billions of dollars spent has produced all these mRNA vaccines. I guess they're just sitting in freezers globally. Is that what they're doing right now, Stephen? Because I don't, I can't think of anybody who'd be taking these things right now. Is, is, is there anything? They were withdrawn. The EUA was withdrawn. I did not know that. Curiously enough, in 2020, yeah, a couple researchers were modeling different things of the spike protein, mm-hmm. which is what the messenger RNA vaccines are based on, the viral spike protein. And they noticed some peculiar little areas that um, there's a uh, spectrum of diseases that are caused by congealed proteins, if you want, called amyloid uh, in the brain. They've been called prions, like mad cow disease. Yeah. One of them uh, is involved in Parkinson's uh-huh. spectrum. Yeah. Uh, and dementia associated with Parkinson's. Uh, there's a cardiac one that gives a cardiomyopathy, a damaged heart. Right. Which you've heard a lot and about. We're finding more and more of these. And this looked like it might be capable of incorrectly folding when the protein was uh, assembled. So essentially. And if it was. The thought was, well, it won't get through the blood-brain barrier. Huh, but it did. Now, in autopsies, we've had enough of them uh, that uh, it is. It's making amyloid plaques like we see in Alzheimer's and toxic amyloid fibrils. Jeez. So, Stephen, and you're talking... We've given this to kids. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, I have a theory on why they did all this, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But let's talk about that very thing. Essentially, if you volunteered, I, by the way, just for the, I never took anything. It's like, first off, I was skeptical. Secondly, it's like, if it really works, I, I can be last in line because, you know, I'm pretty healthy. But uh, you're talking right now, the utter compromise of individuals' health by the fact that it would attack either or, or maybe both. I don't know if you, you, you would say both, but it would attack literally the brain in a way that would replicate Alzheimer's disease. Or we're not saying that. we're not saying that, but it's producing amyloid deposits. Uh, beta amyloid is the pro- co- protein congealed right. protein that's in right. Alzheimer's disease. So it, it creates so it, the condition. It's creating a similar spike protein plaque. Yeah. Well, plaque is bad, as we know, and so. But but the point is, is that it could do it. Could, it creates these conditions in the brain, and also it create it creates conditions in the heart which allows for uh, the heart to be compromised as well. Is that accurate? Yeah, and the blood vessels, the lining of the blood vessel, it has to be very smooth. Yeah. It's shooting through those larger ones at 60 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. So you don't want any turbulence or low Reynolds number stuff. And when you get down to the microcirculation, the the little capillaries that you need a microscope to see, well, you know, this is the whole base. Not one cell in your body is more than one other cell length away from a capillary. Yeah. It's the invisible mesh work. Right. And if we got rid of Tony and just left this capillary network, 
I wouldn't be able to shine a flashlight through it. Wow. That dense microscopic blood vessels. Yeah. And this spike protein damages the lining of these. So it basically sets off essentially a Such time bomb. Micro, micro clots. Well, I was going to say, it, says, it sets off a time bomb before the system is compromised to the point of, of failure, right? I mean, it's essentially... Well, you have damaged organs. Yeah. Or damaged. So uh, so that brings me to my next point regarding the, this new uh, this new uh, vaccine they're, they're considering building. Obviously, you and I agree that nobody's going to trust it, even if it works. Secondly, do you, do you know what... Because, again, we've just talked about the fact that the, the American public, the global public was the third stage experimentation for these mRNA vaccines. Yeah. Do you think they're actually going to do a legitimate test uh, method to see this? this really is effective? I mean, Joe Biden's already saying it's effective, so it must be true. But uh, I don't trust him because he's lied his entire career. So, well, but what, what was supposed to happen by the time the Chinese announced that they were having a problem? Mm hmm. It was already over here. Right, exactly. Um, there were two clades. Um, one came through California. One came from Italy into New York. Because I was waiting for L.A. just to go haywire, and boy, it kind of skated through the first wave. Didn't happen. So that was more like the original Wuhan strain. Senior moment here. Okay, we all have them. When you are faced with that type of thing, the information is so sketchy and no one really needs seems to know what's going on shortcuts were taken vaccines normally take many years to assure for safety exactly we weren't sure was there an at at risk group were our children at risk were our old people at risk well apparently though people kind of you're the doctor i'm not but yeah. to me that's common sense like you want to go to those who are most vulnerable as a matter of fact Stephen. Exactly. So one of the things we recognize is that people with compromised immune systems were the most vulnerable, yet well, they wanted to get to everybody. In 1918, it was the young, fit, healthy males that were the most vulnerable. Right. The old people did a lot better than the 21-year-olds. Right. Because an overactive immune system was part of the disease process. Mm -hmm. But in this case... So but this, in this, this case, we, we, it looked like the data we were getting... Yeah. Looked like it was over 50 and people that had a number of things wrong with them, like diabetes, high blood pressure, right. obesity. The clinical trials were done. Keeping in mind at the same time, we found a very effective, very, very safe, one of the safest drugs in the world, uh, hydroxychloroquine. I took it in combat. I took it in Afghanistan, had no, no effects, but it seems no. to work. No, it works. No, no adverse effects. We use it for rheumatoid arthritis. It's very inexpensive, too. For lupus. Yeah, it's about 40 cents a tablet under U.S. prices. It's pennies overseas. You can buy it over the counter in many places. So let me let's stop right there because there's no incentive by Big Pharma to re reproduce uh, a, a 40 cent tablet. They, they, they wouldn't do it. So it, was they, they F it was already FDA approved. Right, right. So th there was no money there. There was zero monies. None, none. So this is where I think I, we got five minutes left for this part of the interview, but let's break that down real quick. So much of what I saw happen was instructed by greed. It seemed to me that Big Pharma wanted to convince people, and then they rubbed, they kind of uh, rubbed the palms or well, greased the palms is the proper term 
of people like Fauci and others to get them to go along with their scheme to create this new vaccine. Is that is that accurate? Let me summarize this with one outrageous example. Yeah. Children don't have a lot of ACE2 receptors in their upper airway. If a lot of their infections are asymptomatic, they develop herd immunity. If they do get sick, it's a day or two. Uh, a few yeah. children have died, but they've had serious things wrong with them. Right. Leukemias, other types of things. My son had it and he, he was over it in like not even a day. It's like he had yeah. sniffles for a day. It's like This is what it's like. And they're not at risk for transmitting it to adults. Right. They're not really at risk for transmitting it to each other. The target population were the people over 50 with comorbidities, other mm-hmm. things wrong with them. Right, right, right. When Pfizer did the studies, it didn't include any of these. Yeah. Jeez. Because hospitalizations were, their sample size was not large enough to pick up. Did it prevent you from going to hospital? Yeah. Never did. It didn't protect you from becoming infected. They finally had to admit that. Oh, yes. Well, you can get infected, but it won't be as severe. Well, there's no no data. They never released. They People had to FOIA their clinical trial data. It's supposed to be released at the time an EUA has released. Well, haven't they tried to like make this unavailable for like 50 years or something, something unconscionable? I mean, it's like they want to bury it. Because they knew. Yeah. So we had an early, already FDA approved drug, which means you really couldn't bring out remdesivir, which is a, I mean, it doesn't work, number one. We spent billions on it and it's toxic. It, it, It damaged people. You couldn't bring that out. You couldn't bring the vaccines out because of this inexpensive, easy to make tablet called hydroxychloroquine. So they had to get rid of that. And what they did, Janet Woodcock phoned the head of BARDA because Congress wanted BARDA to, you know, run the national stockpile and hold the drug. So uh, we really in about a week or so, we had 62 million doses in the national stockpile. And um some of our friends overseas helped us with this and yeah. this thing. but we were ready to go and we were pushing it out the door through McKinson and the other big pharmacy suppliers. Right. It was happening. So who stopped it then? Well, Janet Woodcock phoned Rick Bright, who at the time was uh, the director of the Biological Advanced Research and Development Agency, BARDA. Yeah. And said, boy, this hydroxychloroquine is a, a dangerous drug. We're just oh my God. dead bodies I remember this. everywhere. So, well, it's, it's an illegal document because we'll get to that. Yeah. So she phoned him up. She didn't want her hands touching anything. But, you know, Rick Bright. Uh, is this in your book, by the way? I mean, did you, is this? This new you? one, yeah. Oh, it's all in there. So this is. Well, well you know what? It's yeah. easier. Just go to drstephenhatfield.com. Look up Open Letter to America. The whole thing's we'll, there. We'll post it on our, our website and on yeah, part the of the Yeah, the whole thing, segment. what happened. Anyway, Rick Bright's not a doctor, and he just had a complete bowel collapse. Oh, my God, we have to stop this. Ugh. And Woodcock said, well, you know, we need an emergency use authorization, an EUA, because these patients, because they're on hydroxychloroquine, they need to be monitored very closely. You can't use it as outpatient. Jeez. Like you take it at home. These then it needs to be a well, COVID is a two part process. The early upper airway infection and then it goes into your lungs and now it's it's critical. I mean right. you can die. Okay. Mm-hmm. She wants to give it to the people that could die now, which wouldn't do anything 
in-hospital treatments don't stop a pandemic. You want to catch them while they're outside right. before they get those high viral loads and infect everyone. Yeah. So the first papers that came out were all in late-use patients, and they were having cardiac arrhythmias, heart So basically, heart they, they, they purposely... People, people that hadn't taken yeah. hydroxychloroquine were having the same thing. It was the virus causing it, yeah. not hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, we, we got to wrap it up for the first part of the show. But, Stephen, it, it suffice it to say that you've outlined essentially what would have been an effective treatment for yeah. for COVID. Yeah. It was stopped because of politics. And by yeah. the way, quick note, I, I get fed up with people who are not credentialed, like this knucklehead you're talking about, not even a doctor, making a political decision where scientific evidence uh, showed that he was wrong. And yet nobody nobody stopped well, you him. You want to admit he's wrong, but he's, he, and I'll say it, he can sue me. He helped kill thousands. No doubt. No doubt. Hundreds of thousands. He ignored three levels of leadership. The president of the United States, President Trump, Secretary Azar from Health and Human Services, and Bob Cadlick from Asper. He just ignored it and brought out this EUA instead of what's called, all we needed was a piece of paper called an investigation on new drug authority because the people that gave us a lot of hydroxychloroquine didn't want it sold on the market for profit for other things. Right. Oh, I get that. I get that. So we, all we needed was an IND. Instead, yeah. they bring out this EUA. Oh, yes. And, you know, it's the hospital patients that, that, will, that will see the most benefit. Well, you know what? When you've got a sore throat, isn't it good to take the antibiotic early? Yeah. Before you develop like fatal rheumatoid cardiology effects right right i'm with you so fever right you catch it early paper cut we don't have to cut your arm off right no it's common sense well yeah so let's take a break uh we're going about halfway through the show uh we're on with dr stephen hatfield today uh his uh, former book three seconds to midnight we're talking a little bit about but he's got a new book coming out he's talking about what's going to be in it we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back for part two of The Hard Truth. Stand by. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. 
What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25 percent off your first order risk-free love it or your money back guaranteed healthycell.com code out loud for 25 years global healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science get 15 percent off all of our products using code out loud global healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Hey, this is the Hard Truth, Tony Shape, Part Two. Powered by Six Hour, never settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. The best is Six Hour. You carry one, two, or a couple, like I do. Uh, we are on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on the America Out Loud Podcast. Check us out. ProjectSentinel.com and the London Center for Policy Research, LondonCenter.org. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble. Our website, ProjectSentinel.com, is where we hope to have everything lined out for you guys to see. Uh, and by the way, shout out to Cherie Curry. Our friend Cherie is uh, off to Vegas. Who doesn't like Vegas, right? I, let's hope she doesn't like wind up going to see Elvis or something, for goodness sake. I mean, you know, never can tell what's going to happen. Anyway, Cherie, thank you for doing our bumper and theme music, uh, Rock and Roll Oblivion. And we're back again with Dr. Steve Hatfield, uh, author of Three Seconds to Midnight, one of my favorite people because he, he's uh, someone who walks the walk, talks the talk, and uh, he's he's not uh, he's not into uh, uh, actually doing bad things. He's into doing good things, which is a good thing for us. And so before the break, we were just kind of revisiting the entire pandemic set of pandemic issues we've faced as a nation. We've talked a little bit about the pandemic uh, of uh, 
1917. We've talked a little bit about uh, what happened in COVID. And uh, right before we went to break, Steve, you were talking about, uh, I always get this wrong, holoquotoquine? Holoqu- holoqu- how do you pronounce that? Hydroxychloroquine. Uh, hydroxy. Yeah. And I want to j- use that as our jump off point to this part too, because you and I both know that that is, that is a, I don't want to say it's benign, but it's not a dangerous drug. As a matter of fact, it's issued as part of what we get when we go into combat. And um, well, I've, but, I've never... Uh, t- nursing mothers can take it. Pregnant women can take it. Yeah. We don't let pregnant women take anything almost. So, right. And so this is where we we saw this departure from what worked because of, I think, profit motive. And, and here we are with literally a, a whole population. Uh, and, and stop me if I'm being overly dramatic, but essentially anybody who chose to take the vaccine entered into phase three trials of the of mrna vaccines right i mean they, they would became unwitting uh trial participants well, you didn't it, have to give them informed consent either yeah and that so was and, the deal made with the uh pharmaceutical companies and so so you're essentially you have all these people who are now walking around w- w- some of which have time bombs because uh the the, the adverse effects could materialize either right. in the brain or in the heart is that is that a good summary it's, it's crippled hundreds of thousands of so so and our military right oh i know um i know of some cases like you know 24 years old and you have to go on to uh testosterone supplements because your lady cells and your testes were destroyed by the vaccine well let's not talk about testes here that's going to be bad so no (laughs) i'm just that's a joke but so so let's talk about that for a second, because, that, you know, we need to understand that there's going to be. You know what they've done with the pilots. Right. Well, we'll go through that in a second. So anyway, so we're part two now. We're joined by the rest of the team. I wanted to make sure everybody's here and they are. So uh, the inextricably, inex- inexorably uh, uh, gorgeous uh, uh, Elizabeth Breckenkamp joining us from uh, her. Oh, thank uh, you. Yes. She, well, she's an act, she's an actress too, so it's good to have her on. Oh my god! And then uh, the uh, effervescent Tanya Miller from Hawaii, uh, always bubbling. And then uh, the the forever rock and roller, uh, uh, Taco's better half, uh, Chris Cordani. So by the <laughs> way, we, we're not joking about that. We know Taco, right, Chris? He's a good man. Yes, uh, we did a couple specials with him. We're going to do another one on, on my podcast, The Outhouse Lounge, uh, in October. That's we're right. working on that too. Putting on a Ritz with Taco, so don't miss it. And so we're so we're back with Doctor Hatfield, rolling into the part two. So, see, let's start off uh, this part two since we got everybody situated. Um, you said there's three things we need to pay attention to regarding what wh- what to do next because we've recognized part one the mistakes that were made. Uh, you're going to do a book. You're doing a book that that uh, that will go through all this in great detail. But now, what do we do? What What are the three things you think we should do to, to move forward? There's today? actually four things we need. Well, let's to go through the four things. Urgently. Number one, there's some 20,000 pharmaceutical compounds out there. We don't have a clue if any of these have antiviral properties or not. Now, this is a big project. It's a big tissue culture project. It's going to take some money. There's about 26 viral families that have members that can cause human disease. Mm-hmm. We need to go through these 20,000 compounds and take the representational viruses from these 26 families and see what works in tissue culture. So basically, there may be cures that exist already that are 
less expensive and available that we need to figure out if, if they work. Right? Is that, right. That's essentially what you're saying. Like we were talking, Epsom bar virus, it's one of the, uh, it can cause a lot of trouble, and especially in pregnant females. Moderna has been working on this Epsom bar virus vaccine, messenger RNA vaccine. Um, it looks like a very common diuretic, a water tablet called spironolactone, actually halts the Epstein-Barr virus in its tracks, stops it in its tracks, stops it from replicating. Yeah. The uh, FDA calling ivermectin a horse tablet. Well, it is. It's an antiparasitic agent. Nobel Prize was given to the discoverers, cured river blindness in upper parts of Africa, and it blocks the COVID virus from uncoating inside the cell and making daughter viruses for 40 cents a tablet. Yeah. Wow. Pennies overseas. So, so clearly this is a, an area we need to focus on. And, and of course, there's a major breakthrough. The, the COVID-19 should have been nothing more than a, uh, a rapid exercise in right. the established health and human services plan. And um, the doctors were all on board. They were starting to issue it. Everything was fine until they uh, issued an EUA stating because it would be more effective in hospitalized patients. With COVID, once you're hospitalized, you're in the second phase of the disease, and not a lot of drugs are going to help you at all. You're too so, far advanced. Right. So, so let's keep going through the points. What's the second point then that we have to do, Stephen, to keep going? These PCR tests were a joke. Yes. They came out at a with a CT a cycle threshold value of forty. I I can make a pumpkin seed COVID positive at a at a, a CT cycle of forty. You can make water positive. Mm-hmm. The cycle threshold is billions of times amplification to where it was just it was rubbish. When we finally came to our senses and they started the capture antigen assays, the home nose swabs. Mm-hmm. Those were at a CT on PCR of about uh, 25 to 30. And if you had that much virus in your airway, yeah, you're probably infectious to somebody else. Yeah. But little bits like, and if you're vaccinated, what are you producing? So what's the, what's the number three? So we need the, the number two thing, we need a little breathalyzer. Right. Okay. About the size of a, a normal breathalyzer, disposable mouthpiece that you can breathe into, and it will detect what are called SOS molecules. Molecules, when your airway is under a viral infection, it releases volatile chemicals that like turn into a gas, and they can be detected. So that's less intrusive, too. It just, it just basically when just you breathe into the, You just breathe, you breathe into the into thing, it. and it turns red or stays green. Wow. The technology was there, but it was breadboard. It was this, it was this big you know, the circuit boards and everything. Yeah. But now it's been used nanotechnology. And uh, Chris Abbott and I tried our, our best to to uh, get this going and to find NASA some funding because NASA was on similar track for the space station. You know, you want to constantly monitor the air and the volatile right. chemical. And the technology just wasn't much. NASA gave up. New technology has come out that I believe now makes this practical. Well, that, that's something I'd like to, t- we should talk more about this um, in some other venues, but this is. So every about. worker that comes into the nursing home blows into the thing, a green, you're okay. Wow. Is it available? 
No, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, it's, it's, it's yeah, it should have been developed by Barna. Yeah, this is. They've had so, two. They've had three years to develop this thing. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. Well. Mm. Oh. So all right. So so, so uh, we should follow up on this too as a project. So what's number three, Stephen? Of your recommendation? Number three. Do you remember the old civil defense? Yeah. Every my town hometown is eighteen thousand people, and we had a civil defense organization and an office, and they could hand out Geiger counters and yeah, provide yeah. decontamination and all this stuff. And the post office, which was the only like really sturdy building in the town, that was the fallout shelter and all that. And every city and town, you know, rural area, cities, uh, communities, right, had like a civil defense. Center. Right. Right. That's true. And and by the way, when we get one, I want one of those nifty helmets. I think I'd look good in one of those, right? I've got my helmet right here. That's right. I want one. <laughs> you get a papper. <laughs> powered air purifying respirator. Anyway, we need to bring this back because we see the top-down approaches to pandemic control don't work. If every little community can handle its medical surge requirements, like excess doctors, hospital overflows, alternate care sites, quickly established pop-up neighborhood emergency health centers to distribute drugs and make a diagnosis, traveling home teams, three-person teams with a police officer come by, not Gestapo, we're here to test you with our little breathalyzer, and if you turn yeah. positive, we're going to treat you with a safe drug. If you can do that, then the country as a whole can do its pandemic. So everything so education, is education. How course? much money FEMA wastes? I think they're in Florida now, staying in thousand dollar in hotels. Oh, no. in, in Maui. Maui. Sorry, they're in, Maui. They're in Maui. Florida. Yeah, I'm at Hawaii. Yeah, it's it's outrageous. Let's bring back a proper civil defense thing. Yeah, all this excess budgeting that FEMA has. Yeah, redirect it. They've oh, got it's waste. Bill. At this point, it's waste. But they've, yes, they've, they've, got their, they've got a whole college campus at Emmitsville. Yeah. Where they, they teach, you know, how to use their response system and stuff. Get it on the show, traveling teams. And this has to go to city managers and mayors and emergency planners of all cities, towns. Well, each each state now, Stephen, as you probably know, have a domestic task force with the National Guard. Each National Guard unit has developed with its, its and to me, that's a great entry point. And I've been trying to push the guard to do EMP response. We we we, we we've tried to. Eh? Yeah, I know. You know, so they didn't use them in New York. No, I know. Well, they were in in Oahu. The FEMA official, all of the emergency management officials were either off island or those who were in island state. We're on Oahu, a different island, at a FEMA training at Aloha Alani Resort. And from like the 7th to the 9th, so the whole day of the 8th when the, the it was really going on, the checkout was the 9th, so that's still being looked at. But training seemed to happen right around the time of these disasters. And hmm. they didn't even quickly deploy and say a quick response of, hey, we immediately got them back. Uh, it, it was very strange. So it, it's just strange about you said about the money mm. and, you know, we're, we're putting money in and we believe that they're getting these trainings. But yet when we see we're, we still have complaints about them not having. And so we could be benefiting right now. The very thing you're saying for the civil defense center, our community or Maui County, they could be benefiting if we had something akin to this. And we're not the only ones. What's happening there could be something elsewhere in mainland. The, here's the, let me tell you. You're talking about the uh, the the, the uh, National Guard teams. Yeah. 
They used them in New York. They did. By the way, New York has a very robust emergency management thing. And I work with Homeland Security folks there, the NYPD folks. I'm a little bit aware of some of that. So they got these guys and they're designed for like weapons of mass destruction and Mm -hmm. stuff. Right. A very good major they have. And uh, he was a captain at the time. And uh, so I said, look, we've got all the I wrote a memo. We've got all these. I forget how many thousand soldiers that have the brand new gas masks, the Darth Vader looking ones. Yeah, I've got one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Too. <laughs> so I do. They're pretty I do cool. Too. Yeah, I mean they actually work. So yeah. Yeah. yeah they do. So why do they come with their own PPE? They come with their own MREs, support vehicles, everything. Let's get them helping out at these alternate care sites. You don't have to bring the USS Comfort, which never should have entered the harbor. Oh, I could go through all of that, Steve. Yeah. I was part of that. I so, was, local yeah. training. And then the final thing is this fusion center we've been trying to get going for the last 10 years. Fusion center. Yeah. So the fusion. So we started out with this kind of talking about surveillance yeah. and reconnaissance. Yeah. We, we don't seem to be, despite the technology that's available no. and the systems that we don't. CDC doesn't do anything till the WHO does. And the WHO is working on a 20-year-old computer system for their, for their, look, hmm. we had the Veritech Corporation here. It was funded by venture capitalists, two offices, East Coast, West Coast, enormous sensitivity. They picked up the 2019 influenza pandemic, which started in Mexico. They picked it up for the CDC. Yeah. But they didn't have a verification. We need teams that look, this looks odd. The computers are flagging it. I want you to get on a plane or military aircraft and go over and see what's happening. Well, we're in agreement. Get some swabs and bring them back here. Or (laughs) use one of our labs that fit on a C-17 and do the test there. I was going to say, there's a movie called Outbreak. Yeah. Oh, that was a great movie. Yeah, great movie. And and they basically kind of show all of this stuff, how it can work together. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, yeah. It's like, Obama that, that, got rid of the team. See, that's that's just so silly. Because he's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. He is brilliant. And Obama he, by the got way, rid he of the a lot team. Of and then when, right after they, you know, they got rid of it in 2012, I think. And then we had the Ebola outbreak. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. designed to go get Americans, stick them in an isolator, give them intensive care nursing all the way back to Fort Detrick. The thing hooks to the side of the building and they're pulled into an intensive care ICU unit, two-bed unit. Unbelievable. So and anyway, so let's let's recap. Down. So the, the, the four things are we have to review the existing stock of drugs, drugs. and compounds to make sure that we For can see which ones activity. Work. Right. So that's one. Number two. Because you, you know the Chinese are doing it, and they'll classify it. Oh, I'm sure. So that first is number two, then is the, the breathalyzer. Number two, now. the bre- easy to breathalyzer. Yeah. One button. Detect the, the virus. Press button, test, take off tip, turn off, turn back on. Yeah. Another patient. So that, and that would be effective way, but you don't want to stick things in your nose. You just have to breathe out. Yeah, they're volunteer. I'm, I'm not joking. It's true. You don't. You know, yeah, it's I true. Yeah. You, know you have a scotch. You breathe out scotch. It's yeah. volatile. <laughs> well, your airway, if you have a viral infection, doesn't matter which virus. Right. You give off, right. You give off these chemicals that evaporate very quickly right. into vapor. And this mm-hmm. is what it picks up. That seems right. smarter than taking a swab from China and putting it up your way up in sinus cavity. But right. Exactly. They had to make a cigar that does this. Oh, by the way, that. never mind. <laughs> they had one of those in 1990. 
95, 96, was it? Uh, yes. Wait, wait, different cigar. Oh, sorry. All right. Okay. So, and, and oh so, my gosh! And so the, the 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 so that's number two. Number three is return to civil training. defense training and civil defense. Pandemic defense agency. Yeah, pandemic mm-hmm. defense. I like that. Local authority, and mm-hmm. I mean everybody's got to play. The mayor's got to play. Oh yeah. The emergency manager's got to play. Speaking of that, Stephen, it's very clear that the local the, uh, preparedness, like right. truly local, so that you're not counting on. And what works for Port Aransas, Texas, isn't going to work for Mattoon, Illinois, or san juan puerto rico okay but the principles are the same and you can teach these people to have an effective response with what they have no mm-hmm. okay yeah, that, that's clearly lacked in maui just saying so that did not happen in maui yeah. so uh and so then well, in the last maui. area which is in the last uh, area and i'll let the, everybody will single, go to, it's now scattered over so many Every agency wants to have a role. Right. Remember Katrina and New Orleans? Yeah. They had rehearsed the plan that if the levees broke in, in New Orleans, how, how the whole plan would come together. And the local authorities failed and the whole thing stalled. You had to have the military come in and do it. Yeah. See, that's bad. So there's going to be some areas that are going to be like that. And you have this concept of a hospital train that actually comes into these areas sets up and provides an alternate care site and pretty much does everything for these disadvantaged neighborhoods. Right. So what, what we have to, so the last category then, Stephen, is Unified response. Unified response and intelligence, knowing what's going on. Yeah. Combining your surveillance and your verification with your action. You know, we do it with the National Command Authority. Of course, of course. We've got the radars, the radars alert, goes to goes to NORAD, NORAD. Well, yeah, and we have, I'm not saying tear down the CDC, tear down this. Well, I would. Keep CDC focused. Oh, they don't do a bad job in country. Get rid of the fluff and get them back to disease. Well, so part of this is the financial incentive to have fluff, but I'll leave that to the girls. So, Tanya, you had some things you wanted to go through with the, with the doctor? No, I know we have to get to the we do have to get to Tony's yeah. takes at this yeah. point. So, so I want to get Tony's again. Tony's yeah. We need Tony's I'm, takes right now, but we have to get wow. to Tanya's takes too on this sort of thing as well. So oh, I we just want to we want to take some everybody here. <laughs> well, I'm throwing this one in hot. I'm I for one figure, and by the way, Tony's takes is powered by Sig Sauer. So I want to get your takes and all never subtle. The name, and I'm sure Dr. Hanfield might remember this name. Uh Milpore Sigma. Yeah, that is the company that three years, uh, two years ago, 2021, Joe Biden, our president, the president, uh, touted his big $137 million deal for the COVID test strip factory. And of course, it would have taken three years to build. So here we go. Election coming up. Lockdowns are looming because mask mandates are coming with some of these colleges and businesses. And somehow a new strain, a new vaccine are coming and the president wants us to take it. What's your take? Just say no. <laughs> Guys, we've seen, we, we, that's a good answer. Yeah. We've, we've seen that the mass vaccination program was an abject failure. Right. And they lied about it. Once you lie, what are you known as for the rest of your life? Joe Biden. <laughs> a liar. Joe Biden. Yeah, mm-hmm. Redundance. Mass vaccination <laughs> didn't work. Early drug treatment. 52 countries initiated early drug treatment. And they kept their stuff under control. Right. United mm-hmm. States has yeah. more recorded deaths mm-hmm. than India. 
India has only half our deaths. We wow. have 320 million people. India has 3.4 billion. I think Didn't they India also get home kits with uh, ivermectin and uh, or Z-Pak type thing, like a uh, zinc and some other They stuff. had door to door in, in yeah. Durabi, wow. the big slum, yeah. slum dog I, millionaire. Yeah. Wow, that's they a good door to door knocking. From India. Full mm-hmm. socks, full socks seminar on the end of a pole. Put your oh, finger yeah. in there. Okay. Yeah. All right. You got the symptoms. Treat on suspicion. Do you know Americans couldn't get their ivermectin prescriptions paid for or covered or any other way filled here? But you could from Canada. You have a choice of Canada or yeah. India. Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, that's why a lot of people were actually crossing that, the border. Americans are crossing yeah. the border into Canada and Mexico to get friggin' ivermectin. Or Absolutely. your options follow their, their protocol. And I hope to God that we have learned some lessons because people learn some lessons because I lost I lost a loved one in the hospital who should have never died at his age. Mm-hmm. Okay. My former husband, a dear friend of mine, I was at his bedside. It should have never happened. Remdesivir. He was a veteran turned away by the VA. Then a week later, he had to drag himself back to the ER and they stuck him on the ventilator. Remdesivir after remdesivir. And he's no longer with us. Now, you tell me, why couldn't he, as a veteran, get uh, any care, get any kind of medication? Mm -hmm. How the hell does this happen? And he was a normally healthy man. This is why people need... People need to go to jail. Yes. Yes, they do. Absolutely. There's never any accountability here. It's not going to happen now, but maybe if we get a good president. Well, I think that's the thing, Steve, is we have to get a good president. This can't go on. There has to be a penalty for this nonsense. Right. Children never should have been vaccinated. There is no benefit to risk ratio vaccinating children. They're naturally partially immune to this thing. That's true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I know. Like I said, my son only had it for like a day, sniffles, and he was done. So, I mean, and he's I, never been vaccinated. Nor I have a be. good friend. They're requiring her for her paperwork. Had she sought asylum from a country from asylum, she would be waived the immigration fees, and her and her child wouldn't, we, she would have a shot. But right now, since she's from Canada, she spent all this money. She's had a baby here since he's four months old. Her and her child are being forced to get all the vaccinations, including her since childhood. See, this is insanity. Yes. Or go back mm-hmm. her and another friend of hers here in Hawaii who are from Canada. It is outrageous. But if you claim asylum, you come over, you don't, you also don't have to pay the money. But the, the attorneys are telling them that the waivers are being denied. And so mm. I don't know what people are going to do. How do we have an open southern border if we really care, but yet everybody else is getting mandated? And I'm seeing on Indeed job descriptions mandate from the old one. So now we have a potential new one. Well, speaking of that, so real quick ourselves on that this. point, and Chris, you have many of the points, but real quick, I want to throw this in there. Apparently, Steve, people who are reviewing the current infections, or the, uh, strike that, the people who are being exposed to the next variant those who were vaccinated are more vulnerable to the next variant than those who were essentially naturally immune. Have you seen right. that? There's a thing called antibody antibody dependent enhancement. Mm-hmm. And if you're making an antibody to like an extinct strain of the virus, like the original Wuhan strain. Which we talked about in one of our thought to action. Yeah. yeah. And you get a variant, you can end up with a worse disease. 
we there see you go. It, we, we see it in the flu vaccines. Wow. Yes. So this is all a load of rubbish. But see, Steve, this is the thing. It's like the stuff we're talking about here should be mainstream. People should be made aware. Nobody's of what the aware reality of it. is. And nobody will talk about get, this. You cannot get the message out. Uh, mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Then you've got the CDC running its own little agency there against Twitter. That's, that's yeah. in the book. All right. So we got to wrap it up. So Dr. Hatfield, Steve Hatfield, one of our distinguished fellows in both organizations, Sentinel and London Center. Thank you for being here today. Uh, thank you, Tanya and Elizabeth and Chris. Uh, I wish we had more time for open discussions, but wow, I just cannot believe how we can't squeeze in an hour and get everything in. But it was just so much information. So we will invite Steve back. And uh, that's it for this week of The Hard Truth. Again, shout out to Cherie Curie for uh, her great music and everything she does to help the show. And we'll be back next week for another edition of The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer. Thanks for being here.